All right, here's a little caveat as I start this particular episode. Normally when I begin a thought and certainly a talk that I'm recording for the Unionists, I have some idea what I'm going to talk about and where this is going to go. Today is not like that. This morning, I've been working on Romans 10 for the Anchor Fellowship this Sunday, uh, May 23rd, 2021, and I've just become completely overwhelmed. I cannot believe that you and I have actually had encounter with, experience of, that we have in some way laid eyes on that man who is God in the flesh and who by belief we can be with forever. Like I, Jenny got home from taking a run while I was in the middle of writing down thoughts about the incredible, overwhelming thing that our belief is. And I could tell that she was a little frightened by my overwhelmedness. I, I, friends, I cannot believe this is our position. I can't believe that you and I woke up this morning and we already know the God-man the one who is a man and who is yet God and who has invited us to approach his throne with confidence, to live with him today, to abide in him, to someday when we die, it's like one inch between where we are and his face. I can't believe this is who we are. It's just too good. This is too overwhelmingly good. And so as I was sitting, I was actually up in Hadley's room working on this talk. I finished up and I was coming back down the hall with my computer and my notebook and my Bible. And two words flashed into my brain, quenchless ardor. Now those are really strange words. Quenchless ardor. And I went to my computer, I flipped it open and I typed in, in the find bar, quenchless, and it popped up. It was something that I had made a note of, I think, nine months ago, and it's from Clement of Rome. This is from his first epistle to the Corinthians, and truly, my friends, I am not making it up when I tell you I had no idea where that was from. The words quenchless ardor came to mind, and so I opened the document in which I had written down this quote, and I'm going to read it to you. Clement writes, asking no more than what Christ had provided for your journey through life, you paid careful heed to his words treasured them in your hearts and kept his sufferings constantly before your eyes. The reward was a deep and shining peace, a quenchless ardor for well-doing and a rich outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon you all. How completely lovely are all those words. I want to be, I want you to be the kind of people who ask no more than what Christ provides. That we are constantly paying careful heed to his words, that we are treasuring in our hearts everything he says, and that we keep his sufferings, his cross, right in front of our eyes. Because what do we want? We want that reward. What reward? A deep and shining peace. A quenchless ardor for well-doing and a rich outpouring of the Holy Spirit day by day. So here's the potentially unassociated, I didn't think about this before I sat down to record part of this particular episode. Yesterday, I was reading in Matthew 8, 
It's that moment when Jesus comes off from the Sermon on the Mount. He's walking down that hillside, wherever it was. Some think it was up on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Who knows? And along he comes and runs into a leper who he heals, and then comes into Capernaum, and here comes the centurion, and then goes into Peter's house and sees his mother-in-law with a fever, heals her. And then the whole town would bring up all the people who need healing. And then when Jesus sees the great crowds and begins to go, two different people come up and try and join him, and he gives them kind of a hard answer. And then they get into the boat and they sail away, and a storm comes and Jesus hushes it. And they arrive to the other side, and in Matthew's telling there are two devil-possessed men who Jesus sets free. Matthew 8 would appear to be approximately a 24-hour period, and that's what Jesus does. He heals. He sets free. He makes new. He has a word. He calms the storm. And he affects complete spiritual salvation. That is the one for whom we may have quenchless ardor today. That is the one who has said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved. Friends, again, I don't, I don't have any overriding thought today other than to ask you, are you overwhelmed? Are you filled with quenchless ardor for that bearded man from Nazareth? If so, whew, I'm glad to be doing this journey with you. If not, let's change our posture. Let's go back into the prayer closet. Let's take a long walk in prayer. Let's put on some earphones and begin to worship with reckless abandon. Because we have to get in line with the one who is this one. It is not for us to go about our little tiny human lives and then occasionally try to invite him in. No, He has invited us permanently into something that is turning the world over today. Let's get in line. Let's be far more overwhelmed than we are thinking about it. Let's be people who have a strange gleam in their eyes, whether they're at the supermarket, at church, uh, picking up their kids at school, uh, whatever you're doing, we have to be those strange people. You see, the world is so used to things that are normal and explainable, we have to be the unexplainable people. And the only way we do it is by getting back into that reward of a deep and shining peace, a quenchless ardor for well-doing, and that rich outpouring of His Holy Spirit pouring right into us. So my call to arms for you today is be overwhelmed. Stop being unoverwhelmed. Stop stop rationalizing this. Stop trying to religify it. It is time for you and me to be overwhelmed that we know this man. So repent, you and me. Repent, change your ways, turn back to him face to face, abide in him and get completely floored by it. That's a command from my heart to my own and to yours. Let's go do it. That's enough of me talking. Let's go enjoy Jesus today. Thanks for listening.